welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 3rd of August 2014, entitled Thoughts Upon the Life of Cain, and the Bible reading is taken from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 to 15. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. Okay, if you'd like to turn to um, Genesis chapter 4, and uh, if you've got one of these things in your Bible... You might need it tonight because uh, we're going to go through a few, few scriptures around the Bible, but we'll uh, we'll be coming back all the time back to Genesis chapter four. And I thought tonight maybe we could just do a little bit of um, a study um, on the life of Cain. Okay, and um, it's quite interesting. And um, so some thoughts upon the life of Cain, and we're going to look uh, in chapter four of Genesis. Um, so if you'd like to stand, we're going to read uh, from verse 1 down to verse 15. If you'd like to read for the honour uh, of God's word. Verse 1 says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Why uh, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which have opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from my hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for what we've read just now. We pray that you'll speak to us through your precious word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well, it's quite interesting, really, um, as you read about the life of Cain, because Cain is the first in many things. And we're going to see that as we look at, um, at six things, really, um, that Cain was the first at, if you like. Uh, Cain, does anybody know roughly how many times Cain is mentioned in the Bible? Close. Garcia? 10. 19 times. 
And um, I think about 17 times Cain's name is mentioned here in this chapter. So what we're going to read about Cain, um, most of it can be found in here, but we're going to look um, a couple of times in the New Testament as well. Um, the name Cain means possession, acquired, or gotten. It means to get something, okay? And um, first of all, we see in verse 1 that Cain was the first baby, the first child ever to be born. And you might be thinking, well, hang on a minute. What about the parents of uh, Cain? Surely they were born into this world. Well, they weren't actually. They weren't born in the, the way that we are born and the way that Cain was born. The Bible says that Adam was of the dust and God breathed the breath of life into Adam and he became a living soul. The Bible says that Eve, she came from the rib of Adam. But Cain, he was the first baby child ever to be born into this world. And that makes him unique. And um, if we just look in verse 1, we see um, Cain's entry into this world. And um, it says in verse 1, that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And there's a few things that we see here, but Adam realized that his, um, his lovely little baby that came into the world was of the Lord. Okay, if we just read there in verse 1, um, speaking about Adam, when, Cain, uh, when Eve conceived and, um, and bare Cain, and he said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And we see here that, Cain, uh, that Adam, um, Adam realized where Cain had come from. A gift, gotten from the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And that's something that we need to remember, that children are a gift from God. They are a heritage, and they're from the Lord. Every child is precious that is born into this world, and they're a heritage of the Lord. And Cain, even though God knew the future of Cain, what he was to get up to, he was still um, of the Lord. And um, Adam realized that, and that's why he was given the name Cain, because he was gotten, uh, um, gotten a man from the Lord. And that's what his name means, uh, Cain. Um, isn't, it, isn't it a pity that, um, you know, in this day and age that we're living in, with pro-abortion, that, uh, you know, people don't think about these things, that when they have a baby and when they conceive, that this child is of the Lord, you know? God is the one who gives life, isn't he? And, um, you know, I believe that the reason why people don't really um, think about abortions today is because they don't really think about God and where that child has come from. And um, it's a gift from the Lord. And notice as well in verse 1 that um, the first child that was ever born was born in wedlock. And I believe that that is a principle in Scripture as well. Um, it says, and Adam and Eve, sorry, and Adam knew Eve, his wife. And then we read about the baby that was born. And unfortunately, we don't really see that today. It's less and less, isn't it, in our society. We're seeing children being born in wedlock. They're being born out of wedlock. But I believe that from Scripture, we can see right from the beginning that this is the plan of God, that children are born into um, a wedlock, um, husband and wife. and um, So that's the first thing that we see. Cain was the first child ever to be born. The second thing that we see in verse 2 
is that Cain was the first child to have a younger brother, to have a sibling. Let's just read in verse 2. And um, speaking again about um, Eve, it says, And she, again, bare his brother Abel. And then it says, And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And um, we see here that Abel is the first known shepherd. It says here that he was a keeper of sheep. But then we read that Cain was the tiller, a tiller of the ground. So we see here that Cain was possibly the first farmer. And um, it's very possible that uh, Cain and Abel, when they were growing up, they had the same interests. Maybe they liked the outdoors, they liked being in the fields, they liked the animals, and uh, they had a lot of things, um, interests uh, together. Okay? Um, I don't know if it's like that with you, maybe with your brother, maybe your sister. Um, you know, that you have interests together. And when, maybe when you're growing up, that, um, you know, there's that unity, there's that bond because of the interests that you have together. I remember um, me and my brother, I could mention quite a lot of things, but one of the things that we had a great interest in was motorbikes. And because I was the older, two, two, two years older than my brother, I was usually the first to get a motorbike um, to pass my test. And then um, not long after, my brother would come along and he would do the same. And uh, we would have an interest in motorbikes, you know. We would cut little pictures out of um, the motorcycle news that we used to get and we used to stick them in a scrapbook. And you remember that one, Andy? Yeah? Um, you know? And uh, we used to like, um, you know, we used to go to the Isle of Man together on motorbikes. Um, we also had an interest in music. We used to like the same groups um, in music, you know. Uh, in the 80s, when we were, uh, you know, in our teens at school. And um, not only that, but we used to also like trucks as well. I won't bore you, all right, this evening about everything that we used to do, but um, when my mum and dad used to take us in the car down the motorways, we always used to be looking at the different trucks and, um, you know, I'm just hoping that one day maybe my, my brother could come along with me. Um, maybe, I'm sure he would, uh, he would like it, but there was that interest in... Between us, when we were growing up, we had that bond together, that unity. And you know, the Bible speaks about brethren dwelling together in unity, doesn't it? It says in Psalm 133 in verse 1, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Um, I know that this is most likely talking about a spiritual unity, but it's good also for to be a unity as well between brothers and sisters. Um, but how good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and how good it is in our church, um, our family, spiritual family, to have that closeness and that bond together, that unity. And um, that's where God, the Bible says, commands the blessing. Um, so we see, uh, thirdly, that Cain was the inventor of false religion. If you just turn to verse uh, 3 of Genesis tonight... And it says in process of time, and um, I believe that uh, we're going to see in the scriptures how Adam and Eve, their parents, would have made it very clear to Adam and Eve the way that they should approach God, okay? Um, but it says in verse 3, and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And then it says in verse 4, and Abel 
He also brought of the first firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Um, we see here that Cain's offering that he brought to the Lord, may, he may have brought the best um, of the um, of the produce of the ground as an offering to God. Okay, but it says here in verse five that didn't God, that God didn't have respect unto his offering. Um, why was that? Well, it's because it wasn't the correct way to approach God. And um, that's very important. If we just turn to uh, Genesis chapter 3, and we see here that uh, God had made a way already. Adam knew very well, and, and Eve, the way that they were to approach God. And they also knew about a sacrifice. They knew about um, being uh, covered, okay, with um, uh, and, and uh, the sacrifice of an animal. Verse 21 makes that very clear. And uh, we know that after they had sinned, that they tried to cover themselves um, with fig leaves in verse 7 of chapter 3. But in verse 21, it says, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and, co- and clothed them. And uh, we see here that God had made a way for them to have their sin covered, okay, and uh, to be able to approach God. But we see here in verse 5 and uh, verse, verse 3, that Cain, he brought the fruit of the ground as an offering unto the Lord, when really he should have brought um, the same offering that Abel brought, which was the firstlings uh, of the flock. And um, Cain knew very well. Um, we see that in chapter 4 and verse 6 to 7. Uh, we, we know Cain knew the way, because God had said to him, it says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? You see, God is asking Cain now, why, why, are you, why are you angry that I have not respected your offering and the way that you approach me? See, God wouldn't have said why if Cain had already known. Cain would have known the answer. And then, and why is our countenance fallen? All right? Why is, the, why is your face changing? Okay? Because um, I've not respected what you've, what you've done and the way that you've done it. Verse 7, he says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? So we're just reminding Cain here that he knew. He knew the way. And if thou doest not well, and then the Bible says, Sin lieth at the door. And he's making it very clear here that if we don't approach God in the correct way, with the correct offering, then sin lieth at the door. See, the only way that sin can be dealt with is God's way. And if we come any other way, then sin lieth at the door. That sin has to be covered. Thank God that today that sin has been taken away in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the Lord had made it clear as well to Moses and his people, if you just keep your fingers in Genesis uh, 4, but just turn to Levit- Leviticus chapter 1. And um, I'm going through the book of Leviticus at the moment, and it's uh, a very... Uh, bloody, if you like, a bloody uh, book. Um, it's all about the sacrifices and how um, Israel were to approach God. And in verse 1, it says, And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, 
If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. Um, and that we see that right through the scriptures, right through the Old Testament. And really all these sacrifices are pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus coming. He says, behold, thought what? The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You see, all these sacrifices, all this sin was covered until the time the Lord Jesus Christ came as the Lamb of God who takes away, not just covers, but he takes away the sin of the world. And this is what Christ has done with our sins. If we're Christians here tonight, he's taken away our sin. And um, we can approach God today through the offering of Jesus Christ. If you just keep your fingers in Genesis 4, but just turn to Jude, and we see here another um, reference to Cain. And Jude here is um, warning about the end days. And um, he's basically speaking about ungodly uh, men that are going to turn up and that they're going to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Okay, and they're not going to have respect for the grace of God and the way God uh, requires things to be done. And uh, if we just read in verse 4, um, it says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Then it says, Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. And then it says, And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And you see what these ungodly men were doing is that they were turning the grace of God into something that it shouldn't have been. And uh, this is what false religion does today. You see, the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. And, um, you know, even God covering Adam and Eve was the grace of God. You know, he was the one that was going to cover their sin. There was nothing that they could do to have their sin covered except from God's way, which was a sacrifice. That innocent animal had to die, and that blood was the covering. And that's the same today for us, the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God, his sacrifice for us, his blood. The Bible says, taketh away the sin of the world. And let's just have a look what it says about Cain in verse 11. And it's speaking about these ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, and they deny the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, woe unto them. Why? For they have gone in the way of Cain. And it's speaking here about the way of Cain. You see, Cain, the way of Cain was the way of self-works. It was the way of pride. It was the way um, the, of man's way. It wasn't God's way. Okay, and Jude here is saying, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, these ungodly men who turn the grace of God, and they deny the Lord God, the only Lord God. And that's what false religion does today. It denies the only Lord God, and that's pride. Okay, and um, man will be responsible for turning the grace of God um, 
Let's just have a look in Proverbs chapter 16. And you know, this is a story right through the Bible, really, is that men love to devise their own plans. Men love to devise their own way, and they just ignore the way that God has set down for men to approach him. In verse 25, it says that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the way, the end thereof are the ways of death. And you see, that's where man's ways, man's plans, the things that man devises, ends up death. And we can't do this with God, okay? We have to come God's way. But men seem to devise their own ways, their own plans. And um, this is the story that we see all around us. And this is the story of men today. This is the story, really, of false religion, you know? All the false religions today, they ignore um, the Lord God and his way of, of, of salvation. And uh, they really, they, they follow the way of Cain. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, we see another reference to Cain. And um, speaking in connection with Abel and um, the offering, uh, the sacrifice, and uh, chapter 11, verse 4, we read, By faith, Abel. You see, Abel used faith. Cain didn't use faith at all. He used his own plan, his own way. But Abel, it says, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And then it says, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God, testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So we see here that Abel, he offered unto God the excellent sacrifice, the sacrifice that God required. But Cain, he just followed really self-works and pride and um, instead of faith. And you know that sin lies at the door of every way that rejects God's way. You know, men can do great things in their religion. They can um, travel many miles and go on pilgrimages. They can even put themselves on crosses, try to crucify themselves. But the reality is, is that sin still lies at the door unless they come God's way. And um, I wonder this, this evening, sure that we're all believers and all Christians, um, but if maybe we're listening here tonight and we're not a Christian, um, which way are you going today for salvation? Are you going God's way or are you going the, in the way of Cain? We can only come God's way. Even Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. We have to go his way. Um, fourthly, we see that Cain, he was the first murderer. And um, he also became the forerunner of those who kill God's messengers. Um, let's just turn back to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. Um, and we read in verse 8, it says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother. It came to pass when they were in the field that Cain raised up against Abel his brother and slew him. Isn't that incredible? 
the first murder that we ever read of in the Bible, first person who was ever slain, Cain. He was the slayer. He was the first murderer in the whole of the Bible. And Abel, he was like the first martyr, if you like. He was the first one who really who died for his faith. And he was killed by his brother. Um, we see, if we just turn back to um, Hebrews chapter 11 again, and um, we've actually just read this scripture, but let's just read it again in, its, um, uh, in the context of verse 8 of Genesis. Um, it says in verse 4, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by he being dead, yet speaketh. And um, what we see here is Abel, he was hated by Cain because he had a testimony that he was righteous. Okay? That's what happened. What we see here is Cain getting angry and getting envious. That's why his countenance fell, because God had respect for Abel's offering. And Abel had a good testimony. You know, he approached God by faith. But Cain, he approached God by self-works. And, um, you know, that's a picture of what happens today. You know, people um, don't like it when they're told that they're not good enough in their own selves to work their way to God and salvation. And when we say that we have received the free gift of salvation through faith, it can't, can't comprehend it. And, um, you know, often uh, people, it may happen at work, and people may think that we're self-righteous because we say that we're going to heaven and we've received the salvation, the gift of salvation. And, you know, it can set people against us and people can get... Um, you know, angry with us. You know, um, didn't that, isn't that what happened with the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, you know, the religious people became envious of the Lord. Um, if we just turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 15, Mark chapter 15 and verse uh, 10. And this was the story of uh, the religious people of his day. Mark 15 and verse 10 says here, For he knew... This is speaking about uh, Pilate, that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. That's the reason why he was delivered up by these chief priests, is because of the envy that they had against the Lord Jesus Christ. They were envious because of, because of who he was. Um, and we read down in verse 31, it says, Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, he saved others himself, he cannot save. And then they said, Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And it says, And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And, um, you know, I wonder, have you experienced that kind of reviling because of your faith? You know, maybe people think, Who do you think you are? <laughs> you know? Um, who do you think you are to think that, you know, you're good enough to get to heaven and I'm not, you know? Look at all the good that I've done. And, you know, sometimes it can cause people to be envious um, because we say that we have the gift, the 
for salvation. We just read in uh, Matthew chapter 5 that um, the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples that there would be men that would revile us. And um, we see in verse 11, Jesus says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And, um, you know, this is a reality. I don't know if you've experienced it recently, but, um, you know, as soon as you mention that uh, you are a believer, you're a Christian, you go to a church on a Sunday, um, you know, you can sense sometimes that, that hostility that comes from people. And um, you can feel that, um, that the maybe silently, but you can feel it, you can, try and, you can feel that they're, they're trying to persecute you for, for your faith. And Jesus reminds us here that we're to rejoice in those times. It says in verse 12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for, your, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. And just as Cain persecuted and slayed his brother, you know, People are going to try and persecute us for our faith. Um, it's the story right from the beginning. So if it happens, don't be surprised. Okay? The Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. Okay? Um, we also see that Cain, he was the first man to be cursed by God. Just turn back to Genesis chapter 4. Um, and we read in verse 11. Um, after Cain had killed uh, his brother and um, his blood, Abel's blood, um, had gone into the ground, um, we read that, um, that the blood crieth, cries unto God from the ground. And uh, we read here that in verse 11, God says, And now art thou cursed from the earth. Okay, the Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Death, okay, which have opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Um, and we read here that the earth is going to be cursed as well, verse 12. And um, verse 13 speaks about Cain's punishment. And verse 14, God says, Behold, um, that, no, Cain says, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And we see here that Cain is now experiencing a separation from God because of his sin, okay? And he says, I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. So we see here now that Cain is having a fear in him now that he's going to be uh, chased around the earth because of what he's done but he's also feeling that separation uh, from God as well. And, uh, you know, this speaks to us um, of eternal separation. And all those, really, who go in the way of Cain will suffer eternal separation. Um, if we just turn back to Jude and verse 11, we see that um, in two verses here. In verse 11, um, says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. So all those who have gone in the, in the way of Cain, 
Um, we read what's going to happen in the future. Verse 13 says, Raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And uh, we see here that, um, that there is going to be a, an eternal separation for those who go in the way of Cain. Um, we see in chapter 4 of Genesis that Cain knew about a punishment. Um, verse 13, Cain said unto the Lord, he says, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Okay? And really this speaks to us as well of the eternal torment and the punishment of those who reject God's way and who will spend an eternity in the lake of fire. And, um, you know, that punishment will be greater um, than anybody can bear. But it's a punishment that God will justly um, deal in that day to all those who have gone in the way of Cain and gone in their own, in their own way. Um, Revelation 20 verse 15 speaks about the lake of fire. Okay, and um, if we just turn to Galatians chapter 3, we see here um, a scripture about a curse. And this is good news, really, for all those that will accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal saviour because one has taken that curse for them. And we read in verse 13 of chapter 3 of Galatians, and it says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. And then it says, For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And you see, when Christ was put on that cross, he was fulfilling the law of God because he was set there as a criminal, okay, um, by the law, and he was cursed by the law. But the Bible says that he has redeemed us from the curse because he took our place. And it says here that he was made a curse for us and um, he's redeemed us from that curse. And that's wonderful news tonight. Redemption in Christ Jesus. And I wonder this evening, are we concerned to warn people um, that they can have that curse removed in Jesus Christ? Because there are many people out there who have got no idea what lies ahead. They don't realize that they are walking right now in the way of Cain. Well, they need to understand. And they can only understand that, really, when they hear what the Word of God says. And uh, God has given that, us that responsibility to warn people that there is a better way. There is one who has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And um, he can take that curse away and bring us um, into a relationship with our Savior. Um, that's wonderful. Last, lastly, let's just have a look uh, this evening um, at verse 15, because we see here that Cain was the first man to have a mark set upon him. We were talking in the minibus, weren't we, tonight, about um, the mark of the beast. But we see here another mark. And um, we see that in verse 15. Um, God here is giving Cain a promise. And we see here that Cain is quite fearful 
of the future and what's going to happen. We don't really read about um, Cain repenting or asking forgiveness for his sins. Um, But even so, God is showing him mercy here. We see in verse 15, it says, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. I wonder tonight, I wonder what is that mark that God set upon Cain? You know, there have been many um, people who have tried to bring different um, analogies and Thing, uh, reasons what that um, mark could have been upon him. But I believe that this speaks really about the mercy of God upon a sinner. Um, God's protection for this person in this life. Why would God have mercy upon a murderer? You know, Cain had done wrong. He was a sinner. He was a vile man. He was a man who walked in his own way. He was a murderer, but why would God, a God of mercy, a God of uh, justice, why would he set a mark upon this man? Well, I believe it's because of the mercy, his mercy. The the Bible speaks about God's mercy. In Psalm 103 and verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. God had no reason to set that mark and to to hedge that uh, protection around Cain, this murderer. But God is a merciful God, and he he, he has mercy upon sinners. Um, We read in Lamentations 3 and verse 22, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And, you know, even though we have been forgiven for our sins, how many times have we fallen How many times have we sinned after we've been saved? You know, God could have just let us go many, many months or even years ago, you know. And But God is a merciful God, and he desires to have mercy upon sinners. I think, was it TJ, maybe this morning, you know, nobody, or it might have been Malcolm, nobody is beyond God's mercy. You know, God is, is willing for all to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, we read in Romans 5 and verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's the mercy of God. And I believe that what we see here was God's mercy upon a sinful man. Um, you know that none of us deserves pardon. None of us. We're wretched sinners. But by his grace and by his mercy, he saved us. And that's wonderful. Um, Just one last scripture this evening. And um, I believe that we can see that God has set a mark, really, upon his children, each one of us. John chapter 10. Really, this mark here that is set really upon his, his children, is God's everlasting protection for us. Um, and he's speaking here as a shepherd to his sheep, and he's saying in verse um, 
29, he says, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And then he says, And no man is able to pluck them out of my... Oh, sorry. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And in effect, it's like God has set a mark. He set a seal upon us. And if we're his children here tonight, that he's never going to let anybody pluck us out of his hand. Nobody can. We're safe. And that's good news tonight for us. God is a merciful God. Let's just have a word of prayer, shall we? Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for the few things that we can learn tonight, Lord, uh, from the life of Cain. And dear Lord, we can see that he did um, walk uh, contrary um, to your ways. And dear Lord, we did that one time, Lord. We walked contrary to the ways of God. But we thank you, dear Lord, that you had mercy upon each one of us. Thank you, dear Lord, that in your mercy and your grace that you saved us. And we thank you, dear Lord, that you took the punishment for our sins. And dear Lord, we pray that we as Christians may walk in your ways. Help us, we pray. And we pray, dear Lord, for those of our friends and our relatives, dear Lord, who are still walking in the way of Cain, walking in their own ways. We pray, dear Lord, for your mercy to be upon them. We pray, dear Lord, that we may have that opportunity to warn them and to let them know that there is one who brings redemption. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.